When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up at all things Liverpool FC on a Tuesday, the day before Liverpool take on West Ham in the League Cup quarter-final. There are three League Cup quarter-finals tonight. If you'd like to watch one of them, you've got Chelsea at home to Newcastle, Everton at home to Fulham, and Port Vale at home to Middlesbrough. And then obviously tomorrow night, then it is ourselves at home to West Ham, which will then lead to semi-finals and potentially a final for the Reds. Silverware beckons if we can get through tonight, or tomorrow night, rather, tomorrow night. Um, look, this is the competition we've won a bunch of times. It's a competition that's deeply ingrained in our history. And it's a competition that can provide a springboard for teams to go on and have further success late in the year with that early final it can just give you that confidence boost. It can give you momentum, to use a word that a lot of people don't like. Um, we have won this competition nine times. 1981, 1982, 83, 84, 95, the McManaman final. 01, the treble year. 03, we beat United. 11-12, we got to two cup finals that year. Won one, lost one. And then 21-22, when we came so close to winning everything. Obviously, we beat Chelsea in that final. And it did really propel us, I thought anyway, towards the end of that season. It really did provide the confidence boost and the, the belief that we could go on and win more. And obviously we did win the FA Cup that year. We fell short of the two big pots, but we have an opportunity to win it this year. Like we have an opportunity to win the Europa League this year. We've won that competition three times. 
72, 73, 75, 76, and 2000, 2001, as part of that famous travel. We obviously got to a final in Jürgen's first season here as well, and were really good in the first half and then an absolute joke in the second half. But they're two competitions that often get overlooked because, you know, they're not as important. Both domestic cups have kind of fallen by the wayside in a lot of ways. And the Europa League is uh, is a far cry from the Champions League these days. But it didn't used to be. Certainly in the, the 70s, 80s and 90s, the UEFA Cup was seen as as difficult to win as the European Cup. In some ways more difficult to win because you had a two, two-legged final. Only one team got into the European Cup back then per, per league. So you'd still be getting great teams in the UEFA Cup. That's obviously changed with the formats of the Champions League. And these competitions are often referred to as, you know, secondary Mickey Mouse, whatever derogatory term certain people want to throw at them. But they're competitions that have mattered to us in the past. You know, the League Cup mattered to us in our greatest ever era under Bob Paisley the League Cup was very, very important. It was something that he would target. If you look at recent managers, Guardiola has targeted this competition. Mourinho would target this competition because they had that belief that if you win it, it really can just give you the extra boost moving forward. The UEFA Cup I mean, it's the first European trophy that we won, you know. We won it twice before we won our first European Cup. The UEFA Cup was Bill Shankby's Cup. It's also the cup that returned us to legitimacy, relevancy in Europe. We'd been a non-factor in Europe since Heysel. And Gerard Houllier put us back on the map in Europe by winning that competition. Now, look, you'd rather win the European Cup. You'd rather win the FA Cup. But that doesn't mean these competitions don't have value and shouldn't be taken seriously. I know we're in a really good position to win the league this year because there isn't a standout team. Arsenal are good, not great. City are good, not great. Villa are good, not great. Villa are playing great for what we expected of them. Relatively speaking, Villa are great, but they're not a great team. They're a very good team on their day. They're a good team in general. We're a good team. We're not a great team. We're still multiple players short of being a great team. There is an opportunity to win the league this year. But if we don't, I still want us to come out of this with a couple of cups. Like if we ended up third with the League Cup and the Europa League, that's a great season. It's a great season. Whatever way you want to slice it, that's a great season. And we're clearly the best team left in both the Europa League and the EFL Cup, Carabao Cup, whatever. Rumbleos Cup, Coca-Cola Cup, Milk Cup, Capital One Cup. What else is it? It's been called so many different names. Let's have a look and see if we can't find all the names. Uh, history. 
sponsorship. Yeah. So it was the Football League Cup from 1960 to 1981. It was the Milk Cup from 1981 to 1986. It was the Littlewoods Cup from 86 to 90. Then it was the Rumbelows Cup for a couple of years. Then it was the Coca-Cola Cup for six years. Then the Worthington's Cup, which I'd actually forgotten about. Uh, then it was the Carling Cup for a long time, from 03 to 2012. Then Capital One took it over. Then it was the EFL Cup for one year because they had no sponsorship on it. And it's the Carabao Cup and will remain the Carabao Cup until 2027 um, under a newly uh, extended sponsorship. And I know it doesn't bring in huge amounts of money. And I get that. Like, you get as much or more for finishing an extra place higher in the Premier League. But still, you don't get a trophy for that. You get a trophy for this. It does matter. It does matter, and it should matter. And we've won it more than anyone else. Man City had caught us because of their cheating. They'd won it five times in the 10 years up to our last one. We then retook the lead, and now we can extend our lead in that competition and just, you know, remind people that it is ours. We've also been to the final and lost on four occasions, 1978, 1987, 2005, we lost to Chelsea and Mourinho. 15-16, we lost to City. It's a competition that matters. They're both competitions that matters. And, you know, myself and Carl were talking about it on Scouted today and made me ranting aimlessly about people that had annoyed me this morning. And then afterwards, I was thinking, you know, I, I really do want to win this competition. I want us to go as strong as we possibly can tonight I feel like we can get the better of Arsenal at the weekend no matter what because it's Anfield and they don't do well at Anfield now they're due they are due a result at Anfield but I still feel like we'll have enough to beat them even with the injuries we have and in terms of injuries we've had had updates today and apparently Ryan Gravenberg doesn't have a hamstring injury it was just fatigue muscle fatigue um so, you know, I, I don't know how, because, you know, that would normally take running and stuff. Um, Diogo Jota is approaching a return, which is very positive. doesn't look like he'll make the Arsenal game, unfortunately, because he does like to take them for a little stroll. It uh, looks like Alexis is going to be out for another few games, and there's some suggestions we might not see him again until late January, early February. We'll have to wait and see. For now, it looks like it'll be the Newcastle game that he'll miss. So he'll miss West Ham, Arsenal, Burnley and Newcastle. That's four more games on top of the two he's already missed. And then obviously in January, there's a break. There's the FA Cup game against Arsenal. I would guess he'll miss that too. And I, I think we'll probably see him in late January, early February. You know, it's a shame because he's one of our best players, but it, it is what it is. Um, ben Doak is going to be out for a while. He's having meniscus surgery, which is less than ideal uh, for a player that so heavily reliant on his explosiveness. Um, that is going to be 
just a bit of a concern, but hopefully it all goes well and he's back before the season is out. I, I don't expect we see him play again before the end of the season because the games to play him in are now over. The group stage and the early rounds of the League Cup are where you use players like him. He's not yet ready to play in important games that have you know real consequences. Um, but it is always concerning when you see a, a young player having to have surgery. Um, right, what have we got on this is Anfield? There is a piece about Alexis set to miss at least three more games. Uh, there is some pictures from the Liverpool squad's trip to Alderhey, making their annual Christmas visit, so that's very cool. Uh, Liverpool have golden opportunity, but have to make it work. Written by Stephen Scrag, always going to be good when Stephen has a piece up. Um, just scanning, and I don't want to give it away because Stephen's work is always so always excellent. He puts a lot of time and effort into it. So actually, you know what? Just go and read Stephen's piece and uh, make your own um, deductions on, on what it is he has to say. Liverpool senior players want more trophies to begin new era, and rightly so. Uh, ex-Liverpool midfielder has contract ripped up early after 3.5 million exit even before the January transfer begins former Liverpool midfielder Ovi Ajaria has become a free agent after seeing his contract terminated early the transfer window opens officially on January 1st which will give clubs a chance to strengthen and trim the squads mid-season uh, Reading confirmed the confirmation of his contract on Monday evening three and a half years after he joined the club from Liverpool for 3.5 million. Yeah, he's been, he's been a bit of a disappointment. Initially he was starting for them and then last season just sort of completely fell out of favour. I think he played a handful of games and this season he's not, not getting a look in at all. So, yeah, it's good for him to he can just move on now. Uh, plan for Nat Phillips explained as centre-back set to return to Liverpool. Uh, saw Jimbo, Jim Pierce tweeting out that he was being brought back from his loan from Celtic. People lost their minds deciding, oh, that means he's coming in to replace Mata. And completely ignored the fact that Pierce also said the plan is to loan him out again somewhere else. Somewhere where he might actually play I mean, he's been at Celtic since the summer. He obviously joined them late in the window. Let's see now. He joined Celtic on the 31st of August, but the loan was only for the first half of the season. He's played eight games. He played eight games. He hasn't been good either. So, yeah, just needs a... Need to change the scenery again. I mean, he was never going to fit into a Brendan Rodgers team, was he? I mean, Nat Phillips is an old-fashioned defender and Brendan Rodgers doesn't really like defending. So, yeah, it's not a surprise that he is um, he hasn't worked out there. So, bring him back, loan him to the championship. There's a couple of championship sides, I'm sure, that would be very happy to take him in. And uh, I, I, to be honest, I'd actually just get let him go. If someone wants to give us a million quid for him, great. If not, here you go. Thanks for your service. Nat Phillips is 26. He'll turn 27 before the end of the season. And he's yet to really begin his career in earnest. 
like it's really unfortunate on the lad. He'll be 27 in March. He has played a sum total of 78 career games, one of which was for our under-21s. He's played 29 games for us. He's played 22 for Stuttgart, 18 for Bournemouth, and 8 for Celtic. It is time for Nat Phillips to be allowed to go and have his career somewhere where he can play regular football. It's not it's not fair to have the lad in the limbo that he's in right now. Leverkusen Link Van Dyke responds and no Club World Cup. So we will not take part in the Club World Cup, which is uh which is good. Uh Leverkusen Link, Piero Hincapié is once again being linked to Liverpool. Um super talented player, not a regular for Leverkusen at the moment. They're very much sticking with the back three of Kasonu, Ta, and Tapsapa. And he's not getting regular starts in the league. I think he's only started twice. He is starting for them in the Europa League. The issue is they will lose two of their starting three centre-backs for AFCON. So realistically, they're going to want him to stay until the summer because they're challenging for the title. I don't think I don't think they'd sell him. He fits like a glove into our team. He can play left back and he's excellent. He can play left side of a three and he's excellent. He can play left wing back and he's pretty good there too. And he can play left back in a or sorry, he can play centre back in a back four, but he is a little short for what we normally look for. But Hincapié is hand in glove into this team. The way we play right now, he fits perfectly. I'd say him, Inacio, Tiete, they're the the three that really do stand out as sort of just ready-made ideal fits to go into this team now and improve it. They're all better than Costas and they're all better fits than Robertson. I'd say Robertson is still probably a better player than Hincapié because he's more experienced and Hincapié can be a little bit rash at times. Inacio is a better player than Robbo at this point, but Hincapié is a better fit into how we play with this three box, three galaxy brain stuff. Um, Obviously Roy Keane called Virgil arrogant for his comments made. He was speaking very much as a Manchester United fan in that moment. Uh, But Virgil, was right in what he said and there was no arrogance as Virgil has pointed out and he has said everyone who watched the game probably felt the same which everybody did feel the same I know United fans who were disgusted by how they played I've seen Gary Lineker come out and criticise them I don't know how anybody could have watched that game and thought that was acceptable from a Manchester United team and like when Keane tried to make his argument oh there was plenty of times when United played Liverpool when we were good and they weren't and Liverpool were happy with the draw. Liverpool never, ever, ever went against United and played like that, ever. We've never, ever gone to Old Trafford 
and parked buses in that manner. There was times maybe we should have, but we never did. We always went and had a go at them. Even when they were the best team around and we were muck, we went and we had a go at them. And yet we'd be happy with the draw because we'd earned a draw. You didn't earn a draw at the weekend. We gave you a draw by being crap. It had nothing to do with United and everything to do with Liverpool. You could have put a team of under-15s out there to do what United did, and they still would have gotten a draw because Liverpool couldn't create anything. Liverpool launched first-of-its-kind app with help of legends. Liverpool legends were out in force at Anfield last week for the launch of a collaboration between the LFC Foundation and an interactive app aimed at helping fans living, living with dementia. Part of the National Museum Liverpool's award-winning House of Memories programme, the My House of Memories app, is designed to spark conversations between people living with, the, with dementia and their families through images, video and audio. Now, a range of Liverpool FC-related media have been added to the app so that users can include them in their digital scrapbook and recall memorable moments. Memories of cup wins, Melwood, European trips and more were curated by John Barnes, John Aldridge and Becky Easton, who were joined at Anfield by fellow former Reds, Alan Kennedy and Phil Thompson for the launch of the app package. That's very, very cool. It's been part funded by the LFC Foundation. John Barnes told This Is Anfield, everybody's aware of dementia because everyone has someone in their family who has suffered from it. When House of Memories decided to get involved with Liverpool, I was more than happy to help because I understand how important it is from a social point of view. That is fantastic. Genuinely fantastic. Brilliant. It's great to see the club doing things like this. It really is. Really is good to see the club doing things like this. And that that should and will be really helpful for people and will hopefully bring some joy back to people who are dealing with such a horrible affliction. Um, What else? Liverpool staff completely calm over Darwin Nunes. He has all the moments. Jurgen Klopp insisted he and Liverpool staff are completely calm over Darwin's form. With goals to come as the striker has all the moments. Okay, Uh, six-hour drought at the moment. Jürgen had a sit-down with Ben Foster for an interview for Amazon Prime and said there's a big difference in Nunes last season to this season. Put to him that James Milner told Foster the biggest raw talent in the squad he left in the summer was Nunes. Uh... Klopp said Millie didn't play together with Dom and Grafenberg. I mean, Grafenberg is not in that conversation, no matter how much Klopp won. Well, I suppose he is. Talent-wise, he is in that conversation. Yeah, to be fair, talent-wise, he, he might actually be the most talented of them. But there's a difference in their approaches. 
but yeah, Darwin is is an enormous talent. Like he genuinely is an enormous talent. And as I said before, like you do have some concerns. The goals aren't flowing the way they should. The touch is still haphazard. The decision making is still questionable. But you look at other strikers through the years and you look at, you know, Jamie Vardy was the one I mentioned before, a chaos merchant merchant. And look at what he was doing when he was Darwin's age. You know? One of the, the best strikers in the history of the Premier League who's just stepped down from match of the day, Ian Wright. I mean, look what he was doing at the same age. He was only two years into his career at Crystal Palace when he was 24. He was playing in the second division and scoring nine goals in 38 games. But at 25, things improved for him. 26, he looked great. And his career went and went and went and went. And Ian Wright became one of the best one of the best players, then forget strikers, one of the best players the Premier League has seen. He's a magnificent player. But at 24, like Darwin is, he wasn't. He wasn't anywhere close. So, you know, development isn't linear. It can take time. Uh, let's check liverpool.com, see what they have on offer to us today. Liverpool handed triple injury boost as Pep Linders confirms Diogo Jota is close to return. Uh, so the other one is Gravenberg. Uh, well, one of the other ones is Gravenberg. So who's the third? There's some comical nonsense out of Linders about Gravenberg, though and his performance at the weekend. Especially against these man-marking sides, he plays unbelievable. He was dreadful. He was playing really well. He came off during the game, and you saw immediately when he came off what that did to the team as well. He was playing really well. The team got significantly better when he went off. That's what, what happened. Um... Oh, the third one is McAllister. He says he's no longer in pain. But he also confirmed he'll miss West Ham, Arsenal and Burnley. And again, likely to miss Newcastle and I guess the Arsenal Cup game. Um, and Jota is is doing ball work and training again. So Doak has torn his lateral meniscus. Uh, this one will take a longer time. He's young. He's a fit guy. Yeah, I mean, that's, I don't know, three months maybe before he's back in training. Uh, worrying Luis Diaz trend needs to change as Liverpool attackers must copy Darwin Nunes' trick. Let's see. Is this his complete inability to beat players? It's written by Andrew Beasley, so it will definitely be statistic-based. Yeah, it's it's dribbling. Yeah, Diaz isn't dribbling well. That's that's fair. Um, just how close Liverpool came to sixty-three million FIFA windfall 
as baffling Rodri and Man City call to blame. Liverpool have been, been denied a lucrative payday, missing out narrowly. Rodri and Man City are part of the reason why, although Jurgen Klopp won't mind too much. They're not part of it all. We, we haven't won the European Cup in any of the last few seasons, so it's nothing to do with City. It's down to us. That's why we're not getting in. Um, there's a piece here about Dominic. Piece about Jurgen. Piece about Alexis. For some reason, there's a piece about Andre, who doesn't play for us and isn't going to play for us. Uh, Jurgen Klopp could have repeated seven point Liverpool trick to make Gary Neville change his tune. Da, da, da. There's a piece about West Ham and how well they're playing. Piece about Gary Lineker and his comments on um his comments on what how United played at the weekend. Let's see, what else do we have? That's about it on liverpool.com. Anything on our friends at Anfield Watch? Since Maguire is involved, you might as well have a look. Uh, piece about the injury updates. PSG close to agreement for Liverpool transfer target. Uh, Beraldo, the centre-back, looks like he's going to PSG. But we sit in our hands. Uh, Jurgen Klopp. Jurgen Klopp names one area. One area Darwin Nunes still needs to work on. Liverpool transfer plan revealed amid January injury woes. What went wrong for Liverpool against Manchester United? Everything would be the answer. Um, there's a piece about Alexis. There's a piece about Allison. Let's see. What are our transfer plans then? Liverpool are alert to opportunities ahead of the January transfer window. Yeah, just usual. If 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 something comes up, we'll we'll make a move. Um apparently we're eyeing the Portuguese market. If that's the case, Inacio is is there, ready, waiting for us, but you know. You know how Jurgen likes to do things. Make things hard for himself. Otherwise, how could he be an underdog? Uh, David Lynch on Red's unfulfilled dominance is the lead piece on AnfieldIndex.com. There's predicting a starting 11 ahead of West Ham. Klopp's huge concern about McAllister. Uh, There is a piece about what Trev had to say about our inability to convert chances. And then podcast-wise, there is lots of good stuff. So there's the new media matters with David Lynch. Just give that a listen. There is the positivity lads. There is a new songs of Anfield episode four. Give that a listen. And there is the best podcast in the Liverpool sphere. Minefield, another episode from Alan and Andrew. Give that a listen, make that your first priority. And then I'll see you all tomorrow. Take care of yourselves and goodbye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, 
where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.